Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to MPC. Praise God. Do you love your church? Are you thankful for this place? Amen. This house. Praise God. So appreciative this church. The worship and the blessings and Tuesday night Bible study. Amen. Let's get our Bibles. If you're taking notes, get ready. We're going to be talking about truth tonight. John chapter 8. Verse 31, John chapter 8, verse 31, and 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be going there in just a moment. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, were to grow in his word, obey his word, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 16. All scripture. Somebody say all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight. Let's, let's, let's dig into this thought. You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray, God, that you would help us in this, this time of study. Bless, Lord, uh, as we begin to dig into the truth and what truth means and what knowledge means and, and how we ought to grow in knowledge. Lord, we pray today for your divine impartation and anointing upon us, God, to speak your word in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You shall know the truth. The examples of people today turning away from truth is shocking. With the advent of social media, you can almost watch it unfold as people turn away from truth by what they post, by the pictures of themselves, by how they go about it. It's staggering. It's shocking. Jim Elliott, the, the missionary who was killed by the, uh, I believe the Inca Indians, said this uh, before his passing away, before he was martyred. He said, I may no longer depend on pleasant impulses 
to bring me before the Lord. I may no, may no, no longer depend on pleasant impulses to bring me before the Lord. I must rather respond to principles I know to be right, whether I feel them to be enjoyable or not. We're living in a day where people associate truth with feeling good. If it feels good, then it must be true. If it feels bad, then it must be bad. What is it today that is turning so many people from truth? It's just staggering. As I said, there being an influence. We could say Hollywood is part of it. The religious culture of, of not pursuing God. There's a lot of people today that say that they're, they're Christians and they don't believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in heaven and hell. They don't believe in the blood redemption. And, and, and so you've got a church that has walked away from doctrine of any kind. You have a culture that has totally gone berserk. So where do we find our information that says this is true or this is not true? Amen. It is, is, it's possible that perhaps the, the hissing of the snake that was in the serpent is now the shouting megaphone of today's world. How does one reach a conclusion that contradicts the word of God and still be convinced that they're correct? How does that happen? How can one say he doesn't care what the Bible says, yet explain his damnable theology and then say, I'm biblical? That's what's happening. I don't believe all the Bible, but I'm biblical. Don't make sense, does it, Brother Chris? Doesn't make sense. How can one's thinking become so convoluted and deluded it boils down to the fact that their pursuit of truth is, is not really the pursuit of truth. Their pursuit may be of knowledge, but it's more about feelings and their own opinion and their own idea. <clears throat> knowledge can be defined as the justifiable true information that arrives through persuasive influence. The Word of God is either... Our, our source of knowledge and truth, or it's, it's no book at all. It is no, it's just a, uh, a volume of history or a volume of poetry, a volume of somebody's idea. Amen. So where do we go to learn what, what is true about marriage? What is true about gender? What is true about God? What is true about life? What is true about uh, what we're to worship and wh how we're to live? And, and, and is there a truth about heaven and hell? Where do we go to learn about purpose? Where do we go to learn about why do we matter? Do we matter? Are we, are we here for just a, a, a moment and then we're gone? Where do we go? Where do we go to find out whether the world is flat or not? Where do we go to find out if Jesus is God or not? 
When did the pursuit of knowledge become more important than knowledge that leads to truth? I want to be in the know. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Amen. And, and, and the world has caught a whiff of this, and, and they've then become very, very much in tune with what is fake news. This is fake news. You even got fact checkers now that, it, that that's going to check the facts about a news story. Well, my, my, my question is who checks the fact checkers? Truth. Truth has become so subjective. It's become to where it's your truth and my truth. Pilate looked at Jesus and asked the question of questions, and he said, he said, what is truth in John 8 and 38? Sadly, he didn't hang around long enough to find out the answer from Jesus, but he asked the question that should be asked by everyone and asked to the right thing because Jesus then later would say to believing Jews, you will know the truth, you will have the knowledge of the truth, and the knowledge of that truth is going to make you free. It's going to make you free. Amen. But today we have come to the point where we may have a knowledge, but if it doesn't match up with our feelings, we're going to take that knowledge to be a truth that we want to decide on our own. So when somebody doesn't like what the Bible says about heaven and hell, I know what I'll do. I'll make up something different. Don't like what the Bible says about pain and suffering? Then I'm going to make a doctrine that is more acceptable and more palatable and more pleasing and more smooth. Don't like the truth about living holy? Well, I'll set my standard for what I think is right. Don't like what the Bible said about the plan of salvation? Don't like the message of the blood? Don't like the message of the cross? Don't like the message of the tomb? Well, I'll create one that is a little bit more palatable. Over years, some years ago, I remember when I was a little boy, my dad talking about the World Council of Churches. Anybody remember that? The World Council of Churches. Yeah. Some of us have been around for a while. It was really uh, uh, something when you heard about the World Council of Churches that voted it. A lot of them, there's different denominations connected to the World Council of Churches. They would take the blood out of their songbooks, out of their preaching. What were they doing? They were saying, it's not a real, um, that's not a message that would be palatable to everybody. This was in the 60s, 70s. We'll take the blood out of the songbooks. Well, now they've taken it out of their gospel. Gospel. You know, there are some today that even claim to be apostolic that are reportedly saying there are certain words that we don't need to talk about because it's just church speak. Amen. I'm going to tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ is not just church speak. The cross is not just a message that should be said on Easter Sunday. Amen. Redemption is not just a, a, a plan from, for man to get out of his uh, 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 destiny of hell, but rather it is the truth of God's word. 
It is God's word is where we need to go about the knowledge to find out about what, what we ought to do to get to heaven and what hell is about and who Jesus is. And it's also in the Bible we'll learn about relationships, about how to be a dad, how to be a mom, how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to handle our finances, how to live modestly and how to have morals. Amen. Our, our world is drunk on self-expression. Truth that is established by feelings and emotions rather than a standard that cannot be altered. Does it really matter if I know what I should do or not do if I create my own understanding of truth? How does one reach a conclusion that contradicts the Word of God and still be convinced it's okay? Where did we learn that understanding? The snake has gone from hissing to shouting, lying and tricking people, deception. The problem with deception, I believe it is Brother Osborne at one time said, the problem is deception is that it feels like revelation. It feels like revelation. But that is a dangerous thing. If Satan could get people to doubt the word of God, then every principle, every precept, every commandment, every doctrine now comes under question. If I can begin to doubt that the word of God is indeed the word of God, then I will begin to question the truth that is in God's word. Paul put it like this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He gave warning to the young preacher. He said in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and works, deceiving and being deceived. But continue, he says, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I can't take the word of some YouTube preacher just for the sake he's being popular. I don't want to take the word of somebody that's, 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 that's got a lot of people in his church and say, well, okay, I'm going to take his word. Amen. But, but let me take the word of someone like Bishop that I've, I've been around his life long enough that I can tell you he backs it up with what he says. Let's be around someone that you'll know them by their life that what they preach is true. It's true. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 11, I've told you this before, I've preached on it before, but it fits here today. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 11, God said to Adam, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Who told you that you were naked? naked. Where did you learn that from? Amen. Well, I want to tell you today, the, the enemy is still whispering and still shouting in our ears. We've got to be in a pursuit of truth. I know we have a lot of truth. We have been blessed by truth. Aren't you thankful for the truth that you and I know? But we don't know it all. We haven't got it all yet. We're still reaching for greater things in God. That's why Proverbs 23 and 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. When you find something that is proven to be true by the word of God, latch on to it and don't let go. 
He said, buy the truth and sell it not, but also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Amen. The present culture proclaims that everyone has their own truth, that everybody is their truth expert. They want us to believe it doesn't matter where your path of self-revelation leads, just follow your own heart. Well, you know what the Bible said? The Bible teaches us is that the heart of man is desperately wicked, and who can know it? The heart will deceive you. The heart will, I'm going to follow my heart. Good luck. Truth has become what is subjective, shallow, and now scarce. Scarce. The Apostle Paul said that this is what would happen in the last days. This is evidence that you would see. Lovers of self, lovers of money, self-promoting boasters, proud, ab abusive, disrespectful, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unforgiving, slanderous, and without self-control, brutal, and hating anything that is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Where did they learn that where do we learn that kind of activity where do we learn how to be lovers of self and lovers of money and self-promoters where do we learn that other than a knowledge that comes from some other source than this blessed book that you and I have that says humble yourself that says amen to be a lover of God more than a lover of self Here's what, again, Paul says about this, this time that we're living in to the young preacher Timothy. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, For of this sort are they which crept into houses and led captive silly women laden with sins, led, led away with divers' lust. Here, look at this line. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. What a sad scripture. Ever learning and never able. You know what? It doesn't matter if I have a degree behind my name, but let me know truth. It doesn't matter if I can quote uh, uh, the Constitution, but let me know truth. It doesn't matter if I know uh, uh, how a plane flies, but let me know truth. Let me know truth. Then he says in verse 8, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. You know what reprobate means? That means a polluted mind, a deluded mind, thinking that is deluded. Today we have theologians that are now deluded in their thinking. Amen. Progressive politicians call for our culture to rethink the concept of God and the Word of God. If y'all would just change the Bible, came out of the mouth of a politician. If you just quit believing the Bible, we would be much better in our country. I want to tell them, absolutely, I cannot turn away from this book. Amen. I don't want to be a part of the crowd that is always learning and never coming to the revelation of truth. If it takes me from truth, I need to, I need to rethink my journey. I, I, if the information I am getting leads me away from God, I'm on the wrong path. 
if it leads me away from this blessed book, I'm on the wrong path. I want to tell you this is an hour that you and I need to fall in love with this like never before. I know you hear me preach it and I teach it. Sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep proclaiming it because this is the generation that says I don't need this. This is the generation that says I'll walk away from this, but I need truth. I need to know truth. One author, I can't pronounce his name or I'd give him credit, made this observation. He said, so pervasive is the drive for knowledge that it became an end in itself, opening up a rudderless detour along even mistaken a journey for God, is that we have become so driven with the pursuit of knowledge that now we're rudderless. Rudderless. Can I just tell you, I, I feel sad when I see a bumper sticker that has the coexist signs on it. I feel sad. Not sad because... You know what? God, God teaches us in his word, get along with Muslims, get along with everybody of every religion. God teaches us, doesn't he? But I want to tell you what, truth cannot coexist with lie. Truth cannot. I can coexist with other people and living with them. Otherwise, he wouldn't have told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He wouldn't have told us to live in the world, but I can't coexist truth with lie. I, I, I'm very much need to stay with my notes today. Otherwise, I would get on people like Oprah Winfrey that is a spiritualist, not a Christian. They're searching for spiritual things, spiritual things, but it is not the road to truth. I, I, I need to get back to my notes. So then how can we distinguish between what is false and what is true? How do we discern what is knowledge that is fake and knowledge that is true? Well, we're in a warfare, aren't we? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 5. Casting down imaginations. What is imaginations? It's false reasoning. False reasoning. Improperly reasoning leads to improper information. Casting down imaginations. False reasoning. And every high thing. Every arrogant barrier that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is the key to overcoming and being victorious in the knowledge war is that filter it through this. Filter it through what the Lord says. Amen. And bring it into obedience. If I'll obey 
the word. If I'll live by the word, if I'll obey the word, amen, what the word says in my life, I can be like the, 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 the banker and the tellers that work at the bank that were taught not what is counterfeit, but what is real. Know what is real. Feel what is real. Be around what is real. Be around truth. Be around the word of God. So when the false comes, you can say, that just does not ring true. That just does not look true. That does not sound like the word of God. It matters today what our source of information comes from. I did not know, this will tell you just exactly how in tune your pastor is with current news. I did not know that our president had COVID. I did not know that. I pray that the Lord heal his body, touch him, touch his mind, save his soul. Somebody say amen. amen. But there's a lot of information that is floating around in our world today, and you can believe and see anything from, from, from flat earth to flat heads. Absolutes cannot exist in a world where every man develops his own truth. If we're all truth developers, does that make us all gods? Yes, it does. Makes us all our own, like we're our own source of truth. But I want to tell you, when it comes to truth, truth does not compete with truth. Truth cannot compete with itself. It will only agree with itself. It stands alone. If every man's truth is the truth and it's valid, then no one's truth is valid. My question is to every person that begins to say, well, here's what I believe. Well, what's your source? Where did you learn that? Where did that come from? Where did you get that understanding? There's only one God Therefore, there is only one source of truth. Can you say amen? Do you believe that today? He doesn't contain truth. He is truth. Uh, he, is, uh, uh, he is a God that cannot lie. Amen. He cannot lie. Titus tells us that. Hebrews tells us that. He, he's not a man that he should lie. Numbers says that. Uh, amen. It's impossible for God to lie. When we think of God and we acquire knowledge of God, it is important to understand that he is true and what he said is true. Whether I lie. Like it, whether it makes me feel good, whether I even understand it or not, if I will follow it, uh, it'll lead me to his presence. Uh, amen. Because he is truth. Look at the, what the psalmist said in the wisdom of Proverbs. Let me just give you a few scriptures. Psalm 25 and 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Lead me in. Lead me in. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Do I have the right scripture? Verse 5. I didn't have verse 5. Sorry, sorry, put up verse 5. I meant to give you that, and I didn't give you the complete thing. Sorry about that, Sister Shelley. But I'll tell you what it says. But I'd like for you to see. The psalmist went on to say, Lead me in thy truth. 
Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Not my truth, not their truth, but thy truth. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, let, let, let's go to Psalm chapter uh, 43 and verse 3. Psalm 43 and verse 3. Send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them lead me. See the, the continuity here? Let your truth lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill. Truth brings me closer to God. The more truth I know, it ought to bring me closer to God, not further from him. The writer of Proverbs says in chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Where does knowledge come from? Where does wisdom come from? It should come from the source, amen, that is the king of heaven, the Lord of glory. Now look at this very familiar verse of scripture, Proverbs 1 and 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That ought to be the starting point. When we begin to search after God, there ought to be a, a, a holy reverence that says, God, you're right all the time. How many of you, I got my hand in there, but how many of you have seen things in the Bible and seen God move in a way you did not understand. I don't understand a lot of things about God. There are things that I cannot answer the question to. But one thing I know is that he's God, I'm not. He knows what's best for me. Adam and Eve stepped into a place where they had everything Everything was good. They had no, no situation but good. Everything was good. Things didn't break down. They had everything that was good. God set them up. They had food. I, I, uh, Sister Gill sent me on a mission today to go get strawberry milk because the Gotha girls are coming here this week. And, and so we got to have strawberry milk in the house. And so I went to Walmart in, in Bedford, and I actually took a picture. The, the cows must be on strike because there is absolutely zero milk. A few little fake stuff here and there, and all those folks that love 1% are in good shape. No, 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 you know, no milk whatsoever. They had everything they needed. And they have to worry about milk. They had the place. They had the purpose. They had a daily communion with the presence of God. The Bible calls it the voice of the Lord would come and visit them in the cool of the day. They had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord was speaking to them. Relationship was going on. And, and everything that God wanted them to know, he was teaching them in that relationship moment in the cool of the day. The first thing that Adam seen was what? God. The first voice he heard was God's. The first relationship he had was with God. Adam saw himself in that relationship and nothing else. 
He saw himself. If you study the, the book of Genesis, you will find that chapter 1, Genesis 1, and, and all through chapter 1, it says, and God said this, and God said that, and God created this, and, and God spoke. But when it came to chapter 2, and, and after Adam is, is created, it said, Lord God. What does that mean? Relationship. He had a relationship with God. That's what he knew. Before he had a relationship with his wife, he had a relationship with God. Man's view of the world at that time was totally through the eyes of God. So God blessed them. God gave them everything they need except for one tree that they could not partake of. Man could not exercise true obedience if he didn't have a chance to rebel. That's called free will. God gave them everything they needed but one thing that they should not partake of. The tree of knowledge of good and evil actually freed man to have a special relationship with God because then all the information that they needed was going to come with their relationship with God. Everything they needed to know, God was going to tell them when the time was right. And how he wanted it. God wanted man to understand good and evil through relationship revelation. Through communication and experience. Adam and Eve and the whole race were created to have a relationship with God. How many believe that? Man was given the, 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 uh, the moratorium to say stay away from the tree of, good, of knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve lived in a paradise that had everything that they needed. They just had one restriction. One. And they blew it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The Bible said, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God, here's that phrase again. Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou shalt eat thereof thou shalt surely die. The enemy appealed to Eve's flesh. What was it that the enemy appealed to? Her craving of knowledge. It is amazing how just a little misinformation from the enemy led to a serious error and put all of humanity under the, the, the tutelage or under the, rather the, the con condemnation and the curse of sin. The enemy came and whispered all these words and this is what he asked. He said, did God say this? Did God really say that? Now, he knows that if you ate of that fruit, you would know a whole lot more. You would understand a whole lot more. And so what Satan was saying in essence to Eve was, God's keeping you from knowledge that would make you understand life better. Goodness, you're in the Garden of Eden. What problem do you have? 
But today the enemy is doing the same thing, and that is God's keeping something from you that you 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 need to know. So let me just tell you what the Lord has for you. And look at look at Genesis chapter three, verse six. Genesis chapter three, verse six. Here's here's what the Bible says about this moment. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, everybody say good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree to desire to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also under her husband with her and he did eat. The fruit looked good, knowing things is appealing, being in the know is appealing, Otherwise, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and social media would not be in existence. Nobody cared what somebody had for dessert. There wouldn't be a Facebook. Or what gossip had to be told. I, I, I'm going to quit. Just a little bite of this knowledge tree would help Eve, Right? Satan influenced Eve into believing that she had limited knowledge and God was misleading her. Because God set it up on what? Your knowledge is going to be coming through me by the cool of the day encounter with me, by revelation, by communing with me. I'm going to give it to you when you're ready for it. And you can understand it. Amen. But what happened is that knowledge became purely subjective when God is taken out of the relationship equation. When, when, when the woman saw, she made a judgment not based on what God said, but on her perception. How does she perceive the fruit? In light of God's word, it was set aside. She did it by her own feelings. She saw, she looked, she wanted to embrace it. Truth, brothers and sisters, is not determined by your perception. It's not determined by your feelings. It's not determined whether it looks good or you think it may taste good. Truth is determined by relationship with God. Dennis Prager, the radio talk show host and Cultural studies man said it like this. How do you feel about something has substituted whether it is right or wrong? How you feel about it. Amen. The enemy has fed us a lie that if it looks good, it must be good. If it feels good, it must be good. Amen. Tell that to the, to the drug addict who after a while now has taken drugs long enough that now the law of diminishing returns is that taking over and, and they have to have more and more until all of a sudden they're a hollow shell of an individual. But it went to that first time where, oh, this feels good. This, this, is, this tastes good. This really then must be good. You know, just this, just this drink of alcohol, it, it tastes good. It must be good. This relationship uh, that is outside of God's word, it must be good because it feels good. I can't help who I fall in love with. Here's the foundation of deception. See the fruit. It is good. God's a lie. 
See that knowledge? It is good. God's a lie. Satan promised Eve illumination. Your eyes will be open. Paul provided a warning against those who handle the word of God deceitly, deceitfully. We are called to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. And he also said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's what Isaiah said about it in chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. How does that happen? It's because when I begin to pursue knowledge outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, when I pursue truth outside of a relationship of him and his word, The writer of Proverbs says in 1 and 29, for that they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord, that they were none of my counsel, and they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the bread, or shall eat of the fruit of their own way, and fill with their own devices. Paul said, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted in you. Guard what has been entrusted in with you. Amen. Our lifestyle is based on our view and understanding of God. Amen. We need to know the truth. Somebody say, know the truth. How can you know the truth? How can you prove the truth? Well, the Bible teaches us in, 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 that we read in the beginning, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Somebody say, profitable. Profitable for doctrine, that's teaching. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man and woman of God may be perfectly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is not just a collection of works with some good insights. It's the God-breathed, God-inspired word that, 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 that is truth. Amen in 66 books. It's truth contained in a, a formula of divine inspiration. I'm going to pass up some scriptures here uh, that I have in my notes. I want to get to Hebrews 5 and 14. The writer of Hebrews 5 14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God wants you to be sharp. God wants you to be sharp, to be able to, in this hour, we're going to have to make split-second decisions over that rings true, that doesn't. Just a split-second I'm getting ready to step out on a limb, and I know I'm getting ready to cut it right off. Don't believe the woke mess on the left, and don't believe the conspiracy mess on the right. Don't get hoodwinked on either side. Because there's some lie on the right just as much as there is on the left. 
<laughs> That's why you're going to have to be able to plow through what the Word of God says and live. Don't be... So I wish you were hearing me. I, I hope that you're hearing me. I hope that your understanding is that don't just get sucked into things on right or left, amen, but find out what is the truth and say, God, let me discern the good and the evil. Without discernment, we fall into deception. That's why it's best to study his word. It's best to study his word. The word of God can be offensive, can it? Well, this culture doesn't want anything offensive unless it's something they disagree with. Jesus said in John 16 and 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of the truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but, who's, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he shall show you things to come. That's why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the great communicator that reveals to us Jesus Christ, who is the truth. Eve was most likely not present when God told Adam not to eat the fruit. And so Adam revealed to her that knowledge. Eve received it as conveyed knowledge, but she didn't hear it directly out of the mouth of God, more than likely. Communicated truth sometimes is harder to receive than revealed truth. Let me just put it like this. There's a lot of people that sit in church and they hear communicated truth from the pulpit, but they have yet to have revealed truth. What is revealed truth? John 8, 31. He says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And verse 32, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Somebody understand with me tonight. That word know is, involves experiential knowledge. It's not merely the accumulation of facts. It's not merely a conveyed truth. But it is a truth that says I'll walk with him in the cool of my day. And I'm going to hear what he has to say for me. Because the plan that God had from the very beginning is now for the church. When he says you'll know the truth. What is he telling me if I walk with him in the cool of the day, if I walk with him in obedience, if I walk with him in faithfulness, he is going to reveal that truth to me as my relationship grows. As I grow in the Lord, he's going to show me. Amen. That's why he said, you'll know the truth. You'll know the truth as you walk in the truth. You'll know the truth as you have a relationship with me. So why come to church and lift your hands and worship the Lord? Because I'm, I'm building up my relationship with God. Why do I study on my own? Because I want to have a relationship with God. Why do I hear the word and we preach the word and teach the word and we got Tuesday Bible study? Why are we doing those kinds of things? Because I want to walk with God in the cool of the day as Adam and Eve was supposed to do, but they listened to a lying snake. The word here, knowing, means knowledge that comes by obedience, not just intellectual understanding. You'll know the truth. 
you'll know the truth. Knowing and obeying are inseparable when it comes to truth. What good would it have done this church in 1914 if the revelation of Jesus' name had come to those men and they said, eh, I think we'll pass it. Grandma didn't believe that way. I think we'll just pass it on by. What would have happened? But because they walked in that revelation, God revealed more and revealed more and revealed more. <laughs> My mom and dad got the revelation, amen, by, 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 by a light shining on Acts 2.38 from my dad's Bible. But he didn't stop there. You got to walk. Got to walk. Got to know more. Got to know more. You know what? A lot of people don't know this, but the church that baptized in Jesus' name there was a Jesus' name believing church, but they did not believe. They believed in two-ness. They weren't even oneness. But you know what? My dad didn't stay with two-ness. As you walk in the truth, then you come to understand that there's one God. It ought to be a growing revelation with God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he said, you'll know the truth? I don't know all the truth. Brandon, I just don't know all the truth. But if I walk with God, if I flow with God, if I continue to obey what I do know, if I'll obey what I do know, If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with him. I'm telling you, Jesus' name baptism comes into somebody's heart. They need to obey it immediately. Immediately. The revelation of, of, of who God is, that he, the mighty God in Christ, grab a hold of that immediately. That he's my savior, my redeemer, and we can go on and on. Know the truth. Know the truth. Stand with me, please. To know the truth means I am living out what Adam and Eve lost. What they lost, you can live out. Praise God. Don't get stuck in your relationship with God and think, well, I've got it. I made it. No. Lord, i got to know more about you. So, so, so you're having some problems and you're in a depression? Are you in a situation that it's just difficult? That's when you really got to walk with him because he's going to show you something. He's going to show you something if you'll obey him as you go. As it comes to us, obey and go. Thank you, Lord. Let's come to the front. Let's come to the front. If you would, please. I want to walk after the Spirit. I want to walk after the truth. Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. Hallelujah. If, you, if you're watching, if you're listening today, and you have not obeyed the truth, then you need to obey it. You've not repented of your sins. You need to be repented of your sins. 
Be born again of water and of spirit, being baptized in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Living a holy, dedicated life. He said that if I'm going to be his disciple, I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to follow after him. Lord, you speak to me. I want to walk, Lord, with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many is glad to know truth today? Oh, not a doctrine of a denomination, but truth today. Not just a doctrine of my mom and my dad, but truth today. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.